Eric woke with the bedsheet tangled around his neck and covering his face. He struggled to push it off, but only pulled the noose tighter in the process. His temple was throbbing, the phantom pain he woke up with whenever he dreamt. He didn't remember much of the dreams, but somehow knew they were all the same. Darkness. A jet-black Silverado. Cold. The medication helped him go to sleep and kept him out, but he really wanted one that stopped the visions, especially now that they were coming nearly every night. For a while he tried staying awake for days at a time, hoping pure exhaustion would keep the images at bay. But the terror still came, and the drugs made it harder to wake up. His phone buzzed and he grabbed it from the nightstand, hoping to see Joey on the caller ID. Eric had been afraid he'd hallucinated the phone call with Joey in the hospital. He'd certainly hallucinated after it. And Joey had moved away so long ago, his involvement didn't even make sense. But a few weeks after Eric was home, Joey had called again. With less medication and less pain, Eric had been able to fully process it when Joey explained hiring Jerry to steal the ruby slippers and arranging to sell them in New Orleans. The job was supposed to wipe both Joey and Jared's debts clean. As he described the guy they owed money to, Eric knew immediately it was Charles. The gunshot seemed to be the only reason Joey believed that Eric didn't know where the shoes were. I've paid him off, but he's mad, Joey had said. If he comes back... They agreed to keep tabs on one another, to watch out for Charles together. After that, Joey called to check in every six weeks for more than five years. There was no warning when they stopped, but when Eric tried Joey and the messages went unanswered, he knew what it meant. He was on his own. Fucked. Joey was gone, and Charles was out there. That's when the dreams got really bad. The phone rang again in his hand and pulled him back to reality. Sherry's name was on the screen, not Joey's. He pressed the button and made himself smile. Hi, buddy. Hi, Dad. Matthew's voice was often the first thing Eric heard in the morning, and it usually calmed him. Sherry had taken Matt to live with her parents when he was just a baby, and Eric's panic attacks were especially uncontrollable. But she'd made a concerted effort to give Eric the opportunity to be involved on a daily basis, starting every morning with a quick phone call. This morning, as Matthew talked about the Little League game he'd played the night before, Eric couldn't concentrate. The shaking and throbbing were getting worse, not better. He walked out to his tiny balcony, the phone between his shoulder and ear, and lit a cigarette, feeling the nicotine enter his bloodstream, spread through his body and pushed out the dream. But neither the shaking nor the terrible feeling in the pit of his stomach would go away. His eyes couldn't focus on the sunshine throwing shadows across the apartment complex's yard, or the fluffy white clouds lazily floating by in the paint-blue sky. He didn't even notice the mosquitoes landing on his arms and neck stabbing him with their nose spears. Hey, buddy, he interrupted Matt. He didn't even know what the kid was talking about. Can I talk to your mom for a minute? Sure. I've got to get ready to go anyway. See you later? Yeah, Eric said, wondering if see you later was a goodbye, or if he was supposed to be picking Matt up this afternoon. He couldn't shake the dread clouding his mind to remember, or process what he needed to do today. Hi, Sherry said. Eric could hear her moving around, dishes rattling together, floorboards squeaking. I've only got a minute. I've got to drop him off and get to work. Eric nodded. Yeah, sorry. You're still picking him up, right? I can't change that meeting. Um, did you forget? No, I... Yeah, he admitted. But I would have remembered. I'm having a hard time getting going this morning. Her side of the line got quiet. The dreams... Yeah, but it's worse today. I feel like something bad. It was the same thing he always said. 
He didn't know how to explain that this time it really was different. Eric, he's gone. That's the problem, though. We don't know. Just because he never went back for the truck. Eric, the person who shot you is in jail, remember? They busted the whole meth ring. No one is coming after you. She sighed. I really wish you'd see someone. You need to talk to a professional about this. Eric didn't answer, and she started to repeat the words that he'd heard so much during the first year. You're lucky to be alive. If the bullet was a fraction of an inch over, you have to move on with your life. Don't let this haunt you. I've got to go. See you tonight. He nodded, hung up, and took a long drag on the cigarette. In the shower, he ran the water as hot as he could stand, attempting to wash the dreams away. It didn't work. He needed to talk to Kelly. She would understand. But he'd promised not to call her anymore.